This is the EWN Podcast Network. Kitchen and bath designer Allison Solar is joining us again today to talk about cabinetry, stock, semi-custom, or custom. Which is the best choice for you? Welcome to From Disaster to Dream Home, the podcast that takes you inside the home building and rebuilding process. When interior designer Jana Rosenblatt had an 80-foot tree fall on her house, she saw the opportunity to create the customized home of her dreams. From Disaster to Dream Home provides you with the information and resources Jana wished she had during her rebuilding process. Now she's sharing with you the expertise of leading architects and home builders and the newest products and materials on the market. Here's your host, Jana Rosenblatt. Welcome back, home builders and remodelers. Normally, a builder will want to have the drywall up on the walls to get the most accurate measurements before ordering all the kitchen, bathroom, laundry room, and built-in cabinetry for a new home or renovation. Sometimes you need to order them just after the framing is complete, so we design in some flexible pieces called fillers and make adjustments at the time of installation. Here to help us understand the intricacies of designing the cabinetry for our dream home is Allison Solar, a 30-plus year veteran in the field of kitchen and bath design. Having begun her career as a kitchen bath designer at two national home improvement centers, and then as a lead designer and project manager at a local New York independent luxury kitchen and bath showroom, and ultimately opening her own kitchen and bath design showroom in 2002 in New Hyde Park, New York. Allison is a perfect person to speak with us today about the design options and sources for our cabinetry. Welcome back, Allison. Thank you so much for joining us again today. If you want to check out our um, recent conversations with Allison, especially about kitchen design, go to fromdisastertodreamhome.com. Hello there. Hey, Jenna. How are you? I'm great. How are you? Good, thank you. Trying to keep cool here in New York. Yeah, I've heard that it's uh, pretty outrageous there between the rain and the heat. I think the whole United States is under crazy weather. Yeah, I think so too. We're, we're pretty stable in LA. Let's, let's hope it stays there for a while. Okay. All right, let's get right into it. So in your work, is it more common for clients to come in uh, come to the showroom with their ground plans already drawn out, or do you usually work with them to create the layouts of their kitchens and bathrooms? Typically when a customer comes in with uh, architectural blueprints, let's say they're starting a new home or adding an extension or renovating an existing home, uh, in order to do construction, you need to have your architectural blueprints. And architects are not kitchen designers and kitchen designers are not architects. So the two minds are two different things. When an architect does a kitchen plan, he's basically just putting in the pieces, the sink, the stove, and the refrigerator to dedicate the space just to get the blueprints going and to get them in for permits and and signing off and all the other portions of building construction that you need to do. So they will put in a kitchen However, 99% of the time, 
it needs to be completely reworked. I do not take anything that the architect says, and I never follow an architect's plans. What I do is I take the space allocated of where that kitchen is going to be. And then I talk to my customers and I get, I find out what their wants and needs and desires are because that's what a kitchen designer does is we, we break down the space once the architect has allocated the square footage of the home and done all the other rooms around it, then I can, the, the next, the kitchen designer takes the design. And then what I do is I interview the customer. I have an intake that I do because it's a real uh, intake process. Cause once you take that time to do the intake process, which can be anywhere from an hour and a half to two hours, uh, and you ask questions and find out where the customer is coming from. Perhaps you've even had them take the time to go into Pinterest or house or, or anything online where they can pull uh, kit kitchens. Years ago, it used to be magazines. Uh -huh. So I would tell yeah. the customers, go in and buy all the magazines and just pull out what you like. Yeah. Even if you just like a light fixture, yeah. let's say you don't like the space or you just like something about the space, whether uh -huh. it, it, it just something that jives with the customer, that it feels right to them. Mm -hmm. And a picture speaks a thousand words. So in addition to my intake, then what I do is I take their ideas and I take that architect's space and I'll create my own plan based on that mm -hmm. space. For yeah. Now, um, I do find that starting with the kitchen in terms of the cabinetry design of the house is really important because that's where most of the functional cabinetry is going to be. But do you um, work as um, specifically with the other rooms in the house where you're going to be installing cabinetry, like the bathrooms and maybe there are built-ins, maybe there's a bar, places like that in the house? I will normally, I design kitchens and bathrooms and yeah. built-ins. So yeah. that is a service that I would be able to provide. And typically a kitchen cabinet company uh, has vanity lines or a kitchen showroom is definitely going to be involved with vanities and plumbing fixtures and stuff like that, because the kitchen and the bathroom are very similar, but very dissimilar. So you have a lot of the same vendors, yet some different vendors. So I will always try and capture the whole entire home as a designer. I don't do the furniture and everything, but right. the mm -hmm. kitchens and the bathrooms, because those are built-ins and yeah. anything built-in to become part of the home. Mantle pieces, wall units, mm -hmm. um, library units, anything yeah. yeah. built-in. Yeah. You know, I also, I, I'm a little nostalgic for the time when people used to come to me with a big paper file of, of cut-out magazine pictures it really did um, start to tip people off. And some people embrace Pinterest and thing and you know things like that that will help you um, and house.com that helps you look at what they're seeing, but it's not quite the same. I do, I must say, I miss the magazine pictures. So I we talked, yeah. I used to have a file that I would um, pull out all the pictures and yes. I would categorize them into country or this yep. or that. Exactly. Yeah, eventually yeah. those got I, thrown in the garbage. I had three drawers of my file cabinets were all magazine pictures that I was continuously taking out. And now uh, I just have to read my magazine and I throw it away because I can get it online, which is good. But in, I miss it a little bit, the tactile 
process with the magazine pictures. Touch and feel, yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. So we talked a lot last time about the traffic pattern and the design of the kitchen workspaces, but we didn't yet get into the style, look, and feel of the kitchen since most of that visual in the kitchen is the cabinetry. Um, is that the next thing that you really try to focus on? And how do you begin to work with your clients to arrive on that style that they want to achieve? Trying to find the style that the customer has in their head and telling you are two different things because yeah. they don't, a lay person doesn't know what Talk is a flat panel, what is a yeah. shaker. Yeah. They don't, they don't know. Yeah. So I know because I do it for a living, you know, so I'm not good at accounting. And a lot of people just don't, don't like to admit that they don't know. Yeah. So they try to act like they do know what they're talking about and it's okay to not know what you're talking about. You know, not everybody has to be so brilliant. So you really have to, depending on the client, you sometimes have to really pull it out of them just by showing them examples. Do you like this? Do you like that? Do you like this? Do you like that? What they don't, what they do know, consumers do know what they don't want. Oh yeah. Tell you in a heartbeat. I don't want that. Yeah. Which is good. So once they tell you they don't want that, Uh that narrows it down somewhat, but that's why the pictures come into play and the different woods. And again, like you said, the tactile, you're looking at a picture in a magazine or online when, and they go, I love this kitchen. And now I know that it's a white washed Oak. Uh It's a white Oak with a very pale, stain on it and uh-huh. i know that i oak is very grainy so i'll look at it and go oh that's oak that's an oak a light pale oak here let me say show that in person yeah. and when they see it in person they don't necessarily like that so you kind of it, it's a guessing game and it's a real game yeah. trying to put it all together and fish it pull it out of the customer and as you do it more and more, you get better and better at it because it's just, you do it over and over and over again. And the customers, you know, they're similar, but different. So. And when you start, do you want to know what the style of the house is? Do you want to, um, what are some of the keywords that are going to help you key into what their property is like and what, you know, kind of major swing like modern or traditional or, you know, things like that. Well, sometimes modern and traditional doesn't really, you can have, I've actually loved very, very contemporary and then something really traditional right next to it. Yeah. Uh And I've done homes, the multi-million dollar homes where it's extremely ornate and they've got gilding all over and they've done all ornate things. And then in the kitchen, it'll be completely sleek and contemporary. Mm -hmm. So not everyone follows the style of the house, Mm -hmm. but it is to in a designer's best interest to respect the design of the house Mm -hmm. and respect the flow from room to room to room. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So if you're going to coordinate with it or contrast it, it's an intentional choice. Yes. And it, it is important to, 
keep in mind what they want their whole house to look like. If somebody yeah, tells you right. they want contemporary, right. then nine times out of 10, they're going to have a whole contemporary house. If they want right. farmhouse, they're going to have mostly everything is farmhouse. Right. You don't really get people who will go, yeah, I, I love that traditional. And then I love that contemporary because they don't think like that. Their mm -hmm. mind is just kind of like, well, if you do it one way, it has to be that one way. Uh-huh. So, yeah. So once you develop really the look of what you're going to do for your kitchen, it will, it will really cue up how you're going to use the cabinetry in the rest of the house. Yeah. And I always say that the form follows function with the kitchen. You're really talking about the function, the same thing with wall units. I've done wall units where uh, perhaps it's an apartment in the city and they want to be able to store their blankets and store their pillows right, and specific. store their whatever while maybe one for one company comes. So talking to the client and finding out what the use of the space is, is really, really the paramount. You're figuring out how are they going to function in that yeah. space? Mm -hmm. And then the color and the woods and the different finishes and the everything just is the, the jewelry. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. I use that expression as well. Um, so the first important question to make regarding the cabinetry is uh, where they'll be sourced. 80% of my clients purchase custom cabinets. Um, many builders that I work with sell and, uh, and promote semi-custom. And then there are sources for pre-made stock cabinetry from Home Depot, Lowe's, you know, Ikea. The choice often comes down to time and money as well as style. Can we talk about the pros and cons of each of those options? I'd say it comes down. The first deciding factor is money and then time. Uh-huh. Because they really go for how much is it? They're all focused. Everyone is focused on the price. You've got to try and educate this consumer about the quality for the price that they're going to pay because it's like a car. If you're going to buy the cheapest car off the lot right then and there, mm -hmm. you're going to get it right then and there, but it's the cheapest because it has no bells and whistles. Yeah. It is extremely basic. Yeah. And perhaps the material, it, which is the boxes, the draw box and the slides and the hinges are inferior product yeah. or, or the longevity of that product is uh just a few years yeah and if you you spend the money and you get the mercedes where you pick your color you pick your accessories you pick your um all the gadgets and whatnot and you'll wait for it but it's made to your order that that is going to last you 30 years, 40 years, that Mercedes, they're mm -hmm. going to keep going where the, and it's going to look pristine. If you take care of it, where the other one that was a fraction of the cost is not going to be the same as the, the, the car. So I always tell people because people buy cars, Yeah, yeah you a know, a car, you got, how many cars do we have? We got this brand, that brand, this brand, that brand. And people know which is a good brand, which isn't a good, you know, they, they know right away, but they don't know that about cabinetry. Mm -hmm. Right. So 
the first factor I always say to determine where to put the customer, mm -hmm. my first question is, how long do you want to be in this house? Uh-huh. Great. How long is your investment for? Is it for turn around quick and sell it? Mm -hmm. Is it for maybe 10 years until you're going to move out and get your bigger house? Or is this your forever home? Yeah. So each one of those desires has a different product. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So breaking it down a little bit, the custom cabinet um, is usually the, usually, but maybe not always the lead, the longest lead time um, possibly, but also is, tends to be the most expensive, but that can be deceiving because if you're, if you're, for example, in a smaller space, if you're trying to create um, a, the perfect kitchen in a smaller space, the benefits of custom cabinetry is that it can be nipped and tucked into every, use every possible inch of that space. Whereas in some of the other ways to make cabinetry, you have to use what exists, which we'll talk about. So, um, so do you have a preference for custom cabinets? What are your feelings about going custom? I think the differentiation should be between semi-custom and custom. Mm -hmm. Stock is a breed all unto itself. Yeah. And what differentiates, well, you don't necessarily need a custom cabinet in a smaller space. If you go with the semi-custom cabinet and they do modifications because mm -hmm. what happens is a stock cabinet is a, is on the shelf. They only come in certain colors, certain sizes. What you see is what you get. They pull the box off the shelf and ship it to you. Mm -hmm. Semi-custom means you have flexibility in construction options, flexibility of modifications and flexibility with woods and colors and whatnot but there's still limitations within that semi-custom. Mm -hmm. Custom is really going to give you whatever you want. Like if you want, if you need a cabinet that's by the quarter of an inch, yeah, right. you can get that in a custom. But if right. you, you can't get that in a semi-custom, you might be able to get it in increments of three or increments of one, mm -hmm. one inch, two inches. So there's so many variables within the cabinet construction and Again, I'm going to say it like a car, semi-custom and custom, you might say, oh, that custom is so much more money. But then when you take that semi-custom and you start upgrading it and upgrade it and upgrading it, you're probably just a little bit lower than a custom, but yet the quality will never be that of a custom. Yeah, that's right. And I do think I, I very often I do price a kitchen out two ways. For a client, do you do you find that that's something that you do? Because once they've gotten so specific by looking through the semi-custom catalog that they're choosing every possible bell and whistle, it could be then that the custom guy that you know well, you know, will give you a price that is really close to what the semi-custom would be, and you still have a little more control, a lot more control. Yeah, and the con consumer really doesn't know all the things that go into the cabinetry and they're they're never going to get a spec book and they're never going to look at everything that can go into it. And if you gave a customer a spec book, they would they would have no idea and pick every little bell and whistle like you said and they blow the budget. So yeah. I don't I I I always ask the customer what they need to store, what's their storage needs yeah. uh -huh. and the longevity of the house, how long do you plan on being there? Yeah. 
And then, uh, you know, how much money do they want to invest? Because it's not just the cabinetry. You've got the countertop, the backsplash, the hardware, the appliances. And consumers, if they think that they're going, they have one number in their head, and it's like you need to double that. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. Double, like you, like I said, again, to the cars, they'll tell you right there. This one is approximately, um, uh, this as shown, it's 47,300 and whatever. You don't get that in a kitchen, right? You see the picture. It doesn't say this kitchen as shown is. So right, exactly. They don't understand. They go like, that I want to spend $20,000 on my kitchen. You're like, just in cabinetry, right? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, people have no idea what to expect. And then, you know, you're working in the kitchen and then there are, you know, 12 other places in the house where you're going to put cabinetry. And uh, it is it it is amazing how it adds up. But I think that cabinetry is the difference between a house and a custom home, you know, a home that you really can live in. There's nothing. There is absolutely, positively no way you can compare a a custom, a full custom cabinet to a semi-custom cabinet because a custom cabinet is going to have thicker doors. It's going to have the top of the line hinges. It's going to have all plywood boxes, perhaps with a walnut interior. It could even be integrated lighting in it. You, it. You just... You know, you can't compare a Bentley to a Buick. <laughs> and that's yeah. that's basically the mentality that I have that the consumers don't really have. They don't understand. Well, why is that cabinet so much more? And then you could pull out the draw box and go, well, look at this draw box with uh-huh. the beautiful sanded dovetail, with the rounded top, with the better plowed in bottom. But they're just looking at the surface. They don't know about the workings that go on into that box construction uh-huh. and, and what makes one so much more superior yeah, yeah. than another. Yeah. Now, if we're, you know, uh, we have been working re- recently here with um, uh, people who are remaking, rebuilding homes after they've lost them to the to major fires. And, you know, there definitely are budget factors and and the spaces are large enough and flexible enough so that it we can do some pretty beautiful kitchens with semi-custom. Uh, is there a lot of difference from one brand to the next in terms of um, semi-custom options? Did you have a list of different ones that you would refer, that you rely on? Yes, because the semi-custom also varies greatly within what the semi-custom companies do. Like once like craft made may do more incremental um, modifications and Schrock won't. So they're similar, but they're a little bit different, mm-hmm. not major differences. The But then you have within your semi-custom, you have your grades of one, two, three, you know, so it's, it's, and it go again, it breaks it down to, you got to really like, in order to figure out the pricing in the cabinet, you have to dissect the box because it's, it's a complicated, um, it's a complicated mechanism. The, the 
box itself uh -huh. before you even put on the doors and the drawer front. Right, exactly. Yeah. You know, what I love about talking to you is that you actually care as much about this as I do. And you, you know, I mean, I, uh, our audience can't see the passion in your face, but yeah, I mean, we're, you know, we're diving deep here on, on breaking this down. Uh, so now one of the reasons that I uh, embrace um, uh, a semi-custom is when I'm working on uh, coast to coast. So I'm in LA, I have clients in the East Coast because I was from there and grew up there and I will travel anywhere. But um, I love, for example, the Schuler brand because um, I can design it here at um, Lowe's with you know, my local custom, you know, my local Lowe's designer. And then they communicate with each other where in New Hampshire, for example, it's, the, it's a, a, you know, a state where cabinet makers and options are few and far between. So anything you're gonna do there is gonna have to travel. So I find that there are other you know, useful things about it, but I, I like using it also because it's a little like, like a puzzle. Instead of being able to design and draw the lines any way you need them. You need to kind of take all the little ticky boxes and put them into your plan and you know move them around into, until they work. Um, do you find that there are, are specific go-to brands you use for different reasons? No, no go-to brands. Uh -huh. Probably what I would call my go-to brand would be behind the scenes. Who's gonna get me the better customer service? Who uh -huh. has the yeah, best sure. sales rep? Yeah. Who has the best sales rep? So when there is a problem, because I always say, if you do a kitchen or you do a bathroom or you do anything in your house, you will have a problem mm -hmm. right up front. Know that you will have a problem. This will run as smoothly as, as it can, but these are people, this is product, this is not a foolproof business. So you mm -hmm. will have a problem. And once you have a problem, don't worry because I'm going to solve it. The mm -hmm. contract mm -hmm. is going to solve it. The company the that I bought yep. from, exactly. the company, yep. the dealer that I'm yep. dealing with, my granite guy I know well, listen, you got to get back there. There's respect that goes on mm -hmm. within the industry mm -hmm. behind the scenes. And that could very well be the reason why I chose like one, one brand, brand over, another. over another. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That is always the case. I mean, customer service is key in all of my vendors for all different things. But um, I had an interesting story recently because uh, we were in a position where we were doing um, uh, a custom house. Again, it was rebuilding after a fire. And the client from day one brought me a picture of this um, blue, a maritime blue. It's almost a navy blue cabinetry. And the, the cabinet lines at the... Um, uh, builder usually worked with the semi-custom lines, we just could not get the color. And so I searched high and low all over the place, as, as did the client, until we found a company that my um, builder would use. And we went with Decora because they had this wonderful, perfect blue, which we used through a lot of the house. So I find that it's interesting to see what finally makes the decision of one, you know, one brand to the other. Yes, it could very well be the color. Mm -hmm. You know, for yeah. a customer, the color is more important than whether she has perfect dovetail drawers because the consumer looks at the looks at the front. Me as a designer, that's the last thing I look at. Uh huh. Uh huh. <laughs> 
I delve deep into the box and to the construction and to the options and to the company and to all the other things. And then it's like, well, whatever door style you want, we could put on that. You know, whatever I, whatever you want, I'll find a door. So the door, but the, all the customer sees is the door. Right. That's exactly right. Yeah. So that ultimately we're going to do a whole episode on, uh, on, on doors or a whole section on it when we get there, because that is such a deciding factor of the look of the, of the cabinetry. Uh, so, so uh, do you have an Ikea near you? Oh, we have one here, here on uh -huh. Long Island. Have yes. you worked at all with Ikea cabinetry? Never. Never? Um, I want to talk about it because I, I have. It, it is a big factor here in California. And I just want to say that it's been very interesting over the course of my 20 plus year career. Early, early cabinets that we put in at Ikea are doing pretty well in terms of upkeep. And now, I mean, I almost went with Ikea for my own kitchen, except that because I have, there are some pretty charming options in terms of the way things look. Um, luckily, I have a custom cabinet maker I use all the time and he gave me a deal I couldn't uh, possibly resist. But, um, but yeah, it's an interesting, uh, in the pre-made category, it's pretty interesting to work with Ikea cabinets. And I would say if someone is a lot on the DIY, they're not working with builders and uh, it's really about the installation. So you have to make sure who's ever gonna take that ready-made you know, piece of cabinetry and install it beautifully. And then the you, only could have, other, you could have custom, gorgeous, custom right. high-end cabinetry yeah. that's absolutely gorgeous. If you have an installer who's no good, if you have an installer who does, isn't, isn't a perfectionist, they will ruin no matter what you have. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, the, it really is, you know, as hard as they've worked to create it, it is the installation that really makes it or breaks it. Makes um, it or breaks it, absolutely. And then, you know, briefly, I want to touch on, I have used, I have done some um, off, you know, stock off the shelf kitchens and bathrooms and vanities and things like that, where um, usually they're a great factor. We do a lot of garage conversions here because there um, is so little housing that the uh, all kinds of incentives for people converting their garages and, um, things like that, where with just a little bit of, you know, puzzle ingenuity, you can, you know, get a pretty nice um, factor uh, and end product. Um, do you, we have here in LA, we have um, showrooms uh, where import cabinetry comes in from China and you kind of can buy it as a package, which has dubious quality, but it is something that, that exists a lot here. Do you have those? Not to my knowledge. Some, I mean, we have. Chinese cabinets. Well, here in New York, the Fabiwood happens to be really popular, that brand. Uh -huh. and, yeah, uh, so I don't know that brand. Yeah, see, Fabiwood on the, on the eastern coast is very popular. It, again, it's a, it's a stock cabinet that comes over from China and they assemble it here in the States. But everyone loves the price. They love it because the price is so cheap. It's cheap, it's cheap. And as a designer, I, you know, I guess it's like if you were a, if you were a, uh, in the fashion industry and somebody came to you and said, look at this gorgeous silk. And then they said, oh, or look at this imitation silk from so-and-so. Yeah. You can't, you can't compare, you can't compare the them. two. 
So yeah. when I have, I ha I'm used to seeing the really good silk and I know the good quality of that silk and I know it's so much better. It's more, it's this, it's that. And I look at the other one. I just can't, I can't like it because yeah. it's that one. I feel yeah. that way about the cabinets. It's like, yeah. a, you, you know, I have such a, a, such a passion for the quality of the cabinets because my kitchen, I have top of the line custom cabinetry. Yeah. Me too. It's to over 20 years old. Yeah. There's nothing. I had one hinge <laughs> in 20 years uh -huh. that I needed to have replaced. And, and I went back to the manufacturer and I'm, they luckily they were able to get me a hinge because they were changed, modified, discontinued, whatever. But that was because I was leaning on the cabinet, <laughs> yeah. you know, leaning on the door yeah. a little bit. The human factor. But, you know, the draw slides, everything. My cabinets are, are gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's where people uh, get confused because when you go to a showroom, uh, even walk through IKEA, you're seeing beautifully, beautiful looking finished product that is well-designed cosmetically. But what you're not seeing is the quality of the hinges and whether the, the drawer slides can be calibrated for the weight of the things that you're putting in them, whether you need, you know, a 50 pound you know, drawer because it's just going to have glassware in it, or it has to be a 150 pound drawer because you're putting in your pots and pans. I mean, all of that thing, uh, all of those are the things that we need to educate our clients about because you can't see those things, but they're really, really the, the make it or break it of a long lasting kitchen. What I always tell a customer is the warranty. You're buying a product and you're buying the warranty. Because, for instance, the Mantra brand cabinetry, very limited styles, very limited skews, limited boxes. Gray, you could get a great kitchen, half-inch plywood, blah, blah, blah. The hinges and the draw slides are all made in China. Yeah. So if you go to call China to replace your door hinge... Right or that company, there is no warranty on those things. Right. Where here, if you get a, um, a cabinet that's made in the United States, they're gonna have like a Salus or a Blum or Hayfala. They're gonna have a brand of um, hardware that comes with lifetime warranties mm -hmm. or five-year warranties mm -hmm. or something like that. And what the people don't real realize is that the, the, the stock cabinets are not the same quality and they're not going to last. Right. Finish right. is not the For same. Sure. Hinges are not the same. Doors are going to start to fall off. Drawers are going to come off the hinges. It's just going to, you know, blind corner cabinets are going to stop working. There's lots of problems over time. Mm -hmm. We're buying a kitchen as an investment in time. You're, you're, you're going to, you want it. If you do a kitchen over and the customer says, I don't know, I got a good deal on the kitchen. I, I'll redo it in four five years. Oh, really? You're going to redo your kitchen in five years? Oh, After well, you get done putting in the kitchen you just got done now, in five years, you're going to be like, there's no way I'm doing this again. Right. And especially, I mean, we're talking about, you know, running the cabinetry through the whole house. So, you know, you're not going to, you're not going to make those changes and start to have a patchwork um, of cabinetry. Uh, a big factor in the decision of semi versus semi uh, custom versus custom is the finish paints and stains. And that's primarily the box, the box face and the door. Do you find that the hard baked on finishes of semi custom and pre-made cabinets uh, can be achieved in a custom shop? 
I think that the finishes have come a long way over the decades, and there's been a lot of um, interaction with the government and chemicals. Many of the finishes nowadays are baked on, sprayed uh -huh. and baked. Yeah. Um, part of it is done by hand. The sanding could be done by hand, but then part of it is done by machinery and the finishes are, are baked or finished on. And for the most part, in those two categories, about your semi-custom, because semi-custom can be expensive. Mm -hmm. Semi-custom doesn't mean it's an inexpensive cabinet. And it also means, I mean, it can be fantastic outcome too. I mean, it's it not, can be beautiful. doesn't have to be it inferior. Just, it, it's not inferior. Mm -hmm. It's just less than custom. Yes, like, that's right. Like custom is in its own. Right, it's an apple um, and an orange. Yeah, its yeah. own thing, you know, where the semi-custom, I've done beautiful semi-custom cabinets that have lasted a long time. The difference is, my draw my draw box in my craft made cabinetry the bottom looks like wood but it's melamine it's it's not real wood mm -hmm. yeah we're about to get into that yeah my yeah. real custom cabinets that's a real wood bottom uh-huh so the finishes i'd have to say are pretty great all across the board it would be a matter of color options. And yeah. I think, again, when you go to stock cabinets, it's just not the same. Right. Stock cabinets is in its own category all unto itself, its own product. Mm -hmm. So with the semi-custom and the custom, you're really going to get the variety in colors, variety in door, door options, because that's really what custom changes where it upgrades as well as you have more colors more doors more yeah. draw fronts mm -hmm. more 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 yeah really there's no end i mean any any paint color can be applied to the cabinets in that case and with a semi-custom you're just going to have less options but you could still have a beautiful outcome mm -hmm. i mean most kitchens are semi-custom Yes, I that's think the true. Majority of the kitchens yeah. in the United States are semi-custom. Yeah, I would say that's that's most likely exactly right. Yes, um, or custom, which is ideal. Yes. <laughs> so, in terms of the materials that cabinets are made of, um, that can be a big difference also between your choice of custom and semi-custom. And you've talked, you know, touched on this a little bit. Um, let's talk about some of the materials that uh, are being used in in the cabinet boxes and you know the structural parts of the cabinets. Um, what are you finding most prevalent? I find that a lot of the construction is half inch plywood construction. Mm -hmm. um, I think a lot of the manufacturers are using half inch plywood. Um, sometimes you'll get that three quarter plywood, but that's really in, not as common, I'd say the most common is half inch plywood with a vinyl interior. Looks like real wood, but it's really a vinyl interior, mm -hmm. a, a faux, you know, melamine. And when you get to the differences of all these little companies and you'll go like, what is the difference between Yorktown? What is the difference between Merrillot? What is the difference between Starmark? Uh-huh really got to get the book out and see exactly what the differences are because within their product line, they might have a quarter inch back stapled in. They could have a half inch back 
plowed in and glued and stapled. They could have a, um, a rabbited construction. They could have half inch bottom, half inch top, half inch sides, quarter inch back. They could have half inch sides, half inch side and quarter inch bottom, quarter inch top. And each one of those different elements affects the quality and the longevity of the cabinet because mm -hmm. don't get me started, Jana. Don't get me started. <laughs> <laughs> I'll sound like my teachers, the tensile strength, the abrasion, yeah. the load, the, all the other things in construction. <laughs> but yeah, I understand now my custom cabinet maker, uh, often suggests, you know, when, when we've got a, a fantastic plan, the first thing he'll suggest if there's a budget issue is the possibility of using melamine uh, as a budget saver for some of the interior box construction where it doesn't, where it's not near the water. Um, is that something that you've utilized? Is that, how do you feel about it? Uh, melamine, which is a, uh, it's a pre-finished material, um, which is a pressed, you know, pressed wood and it's got a pre-finish on it. Melamine can be on particle board or it could be on plywood. And all of the white interiors that you see, yeah. any cabinets that contemporary looking, they have that white interior. Yeah. That's going to be a melamine. melamine. Yeah. Then the next melamine is going to be that faux wood vinyl. So they want it to look like real wood right. on the inside, but it's not. And those are going to be your melamine interiors. Mm -hmm. I'd have to say that that is the majority of the interiors are a melamine interior. Uh-huh. You've seen a lot of it. I, I find that that's the majority of the yeah. interiors mm -hmm. and um, it's all well and good. It's, it's, a, it's a great product. There's, it's actually very durable mm -hmm. um, and it's not painted. You're not seeing it. So I think it's just, it's a common material. Just don't mm -hmm. put it on your doors. Right. Yeah, for sure. Uh, mainly it, 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 it can scratch and dent, um, which isn't a, nearly as much of a problem on anything except that you're, except your doors. Um, yes, but otherwise it's a, it's a very commonly used. Uh, and what about MDF? Medium density fiberboard. Exactly. All of those that don't know it. It's like, you know, particle board. We, we all know plywood has the plies of wood that are applied in, in uh, opposite directions and they're layers of ply. That's why it's plywood. Uh -huh. And then you have your particle board, which is little particles of the wood that was on the floor. So mm -hmm. they take all the cut scrap wood. And they mix it with resins and formaldehydes and polyester, whatever they're mixing it with. Then when you're cutting that, it's even more pulverized. So the MDF is so much of glue. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's compressed because it's medium density, right? It has density and it's fiberboard because it's barely even wood anymore. Mm -hmm. And it's um, very, very flat. Yes, that's right. You're getting a flat, flat, flat paintable surface. Mm -hmm. So, but it's also a very heavy surface because it's full of now of all these glues. 
So the melamine is really should only be used indoors. Uh, MDF. Uh, MDF, sorry, yeah, uh -huh. MDF, indoors and draw fronts. Yeah. And the reason they would use that would be because it doesn't expand and contract with yeah. a regular wood because it's all full of glue. Right. doesn't expand and contract. So you're not going to get any um, hairline cracking over the doors over time. You'll get a very stable door. But it's, it's MDF. Yeah. And a lot mm -hmm. of people say, well, I want real wood. Mm -hmm. And you're like, well... The real wood doors and drawer fronts, you might get some crazing on it because it expands and contracts, expands and contracts. So the medium density fiberboard can also be used just for center panels. Mm -hmm. I think it's very useful in a kitchen and the people should not, it's really a lot of times used for the door and drawer fronts. Yeah. If you mm -hmm. have an MDF cabinet, what's going to happen is the boxes come down to the ground and any moisture, it will blow up from the mm -hmm. moisture. And it's also extremely, extremely heavy. If you w were to weigh actually a piece of plywood versus particle board versus MDF, they're all, they get heavier as you go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, you get a beautiful run, painted on finish. With yeah, that. I don't run into particle board much at all anymore. I, I think that you would run into it in some of the pre-made stock um, items. But MDF is, uh, for me, is something that is really useful for whenever something, when you're looking at a kitchen, once you've gone beyond that, you're a, a wood stain look and your client says, no, I want them painted, immediately then we would be looking toward MDF to be a price uh, conscious way to get whatever the door style is and have it be, you know, really easily paintable. It's just a much better painting surface because of the smooth. It's so smooth. There's no wood, real natural wood that's going to be as non-porous as the MDF is when it comes to painting. The only time that the MDF is porous is when it gets wet. And you're really not soaking it in water when you're painting it. When Allison and I get together, there's really no stopping us. We have three episodes worth of material on this recording about cabinetry. We're going to let you go now with this cliffhanger. Our next section with Allison will be about cabinetry trends in style and color. We hope you will check out all of our previous episodes and find out how to get in touch with our guests as well as leave us a message with any questions or ideas you have for us at www.fromdisastertodreamhome.com. Thank you for joining us on this episode of From Disaster to Dream Home, the podcast that takes you inside the home building and rebuilding process. Each week, we bring you time-tested practices and the latest trends through conversations with top professionals in the building industry. You can find other episodes of From Disaster to Dream Home at EWNPodcastNetwork.com, as well as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Audible, and most other major podcast streaming services. Need design help? You can contact us or find out more about our guests at From Disaster to Dream Home. Com. Until next time, let us guide and inspire you as you create the home of your dreams.
Have you ever asked yourself this question? Why is it so hard to make a buck? <laughs> I know I have. Hi, I'm Sandra Yancey, founder and CEO of eWomen Network. What I have discovered after going from the brink of bankruptcy to running a multi-million dollar award-winning business is this. You can't build a million dollar dream hanging around minimum wage mindsets. My mission is one million women entrepreneurs generating one million dollars in annual revenue. So here's what I've done. I've created the mother of all entrepreneur success programs that you can access online on your time. It's called Monetize Me Now. It's a seven module online course that is 100% my success formula, covering mindset, mission, management, motivation, marketing, and measure. Come on, take my hand and I'll show you the way to learn to earn flowing revenue for your business. Visit monetizemenow.com for details. Calling all speakers. eWomen Network has speaking engagements all over North America that must be filled. Are you a gifted messenger, author, expert, or successful entrepreneur that can help women entrepreneurs grow their businesses? Our mission is to help one million fulfilled women each achieve one million dollars in annual revenue. If you're a speaker that can help women prosper, go to eWomenNetwork.com and sign up as a pro member of our Speakers Network. That's eWomenNetwork.com. Thanks for listening. This is the EWN Podcast Network.